this is Megan and you're listening to our podcast, Two Girls and Their Crazy Journey to Network Marketing Success. This podcast is about our challenges and successes in network marketing and all the excitement of the journey. Hi, it's Rika here. We will share all our mistakes and growth we went through to achieve success and having financial and time freedom. Hello, Max. Hey, Michael. How are you? And congratulations on your Two Comma Club Award. That's, uh, that's amazing. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, I appreciate it. It's, uh, yeah, it looks nice and shiny in the background there, doesn't it? Nice. <laughs> I like <that. laughs> uh, Will you tell us a bit about the, the Two Comma Club and how you got started with, with funnels for marketing and, and all that? Um, tell us a bit about your story. Okay, so um, basically I, I believe that funnels um, are the psychological process that a customer goes through in order to buy into your your belief, your movement, your product, your service. Um, and then they, they buy into the, the belief so much that's going to help them that eventually they actually buy the product or the service um, afterwards. So a funnel to me is not so much the step step-by-step landing pages, but it's more the psychological process that a customer goes through and the landing pages are really just to assist you in helping with that process. So I started um, with a funnel, an actual funnel, um, without knowing that I had a funnel. Um, All I knew was that I had to think through what my customer needs uh, psychologically uh, in order for me to convince them of the sale and convince them that what I had was good. And what I actually got my Two Comma Club Award in was um, teach English abroad programs. So what we do is we send um, university graduates, UK and USA normally, and we do have some South South Africans though, um, and we recruit them to teach English abroad in 12 different countries in Europe, Asia, and Latin America. Mm -hmm. And um, I started this myself because I was... uh, teaching abroad in Thailand Mm -hmm. and um, that's where I now reside as well and I absolutely loved it like it opened my eyes to the world I looked at a different way of life explored a new culture Mm -hmm. and I made some new friends and I got paid for teaching Um, and I wanted other people to have the same experience and I also wanted to practice business Um, because I was doing a business degree at the time so I said to my old boss said hey uh, can I recruit some people for you and he said yeah sure he said well uh, can you pay me for it? He's like, okay. I said, can you give me a couple of hundred pounds per person? He's like, yes, I can. So I went back to the UK and I started recruiting people and I got three people to Thailand um, the first time and it was mm-hmm. three of my mates, three people that I knew Yeah. and I got paid for it. I got 600 pounds. I was like, hey, cha-ching. Uh, got paid for just sending my mates to Thailand. Um, then six months later, I sent another three people who were Australian, never met them before in my life, never even spoke to them on the phone. They just emailed me and they were qualified teachers. So, so they were qualified for it. Mm-hmm. And I got 600 pounds for that. Cha-ching. Wow. Um, and then after two, two years, I was just getting a little bit of money every six months. I was doing my own thing, practicing business. And, um, I was very, very part-time, like literally didn't spend any time on this. Just had a classified ad and uh, email address and people just emailed me and has passed that on to my uh, my partner who would pay me yeah. if they if they were uh, good so it's after two years interesting niche eh? 
Where is niche ever? <laughs> yeah, well, the thing is, like, about niches, so, like, people think too much about the niche. Mm-hmm. Uh, you definitely shouldn't think, which niche should I go into? Like, that's not really the greatest question for building a business. Really, you should be thinking of, like, where is, where, where is there a gap where I can serve people? Um, the niche is secondary. The niche is a category that you just, yeah. you, is descriptive. It's not prescriptive. Anyway, in my own, in my own head. Nice. So after two years, um, I had 90 applications and it only had 10 spaces. So I did the mathematics. 90 times 200 was like millionaire. Uh, so I convinced my wife to let me go to Thailand she thought I was just wanted to go for a holiday. I was like, no, 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 I don't. Like, look, look at these applications. And she's like, uh, okay, how much is it? I'm like, well, it's this amount of money. She's like, that's a big amount of money. So like, yeah, but look how much money we can make. Mm. Um, and so she let me go and I put a suit and a tie on. And for three appointments a day, I went to visit schools, visit agencies, visit organizations to try and get more spaces for my guys. Mm-hmm. And appointment after appointment, and they all were very, very nice to me, and they all said, no. They all said, we don't need your guys. You're a nice guy, but we don't need any of your guys. And I was feeling really defeated because I spent a lot of time, a lot of money on this trip. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, my word, what have I done? What's my wife going to say? Let me go back empty-handed. Um, and so then I had one appointment in the south of Thailand in a place called Hat Yai. And in Hat Yai, I arrived in the morning, and I had my flight in the evening. And so I got there at 10 and the guy called me and he said, oh, I have a crisis at a school. Can you hang around the mall and then come to the office afterwards? So I was like, all right. So two hours passed, mm-hmm. called him at 12. He's like, oh, I'm still at this school. Do you want to wait at the office? I was like, mm, okay. He gave me directions to the office. Never been in Hattie before. And so I finally got to the office. There's a Thai girl there. And um, after another couple of hours, I called him. He's like, oh, I'm just going to be there. I'll be there soon. Just wait for me. At 5.20 p.m. he arrived, and I'm telling you, I was so annoyed, so angry, but I was very, very polite. I was very, very polite, and I kept all my anger inside him, like, man, this guy is just, it's like, maybe sit and wait, like, with this Thai girl all day, and you're running conversations with a Thai person after, like, half an hour, especially if you can't speak the language. So it was really obvious. So there was not, I couldn't just play on Facebook. So anyway, he, we got into his office and he said, okay, I don't want any of your guys. <laughs> I was like, okay. All right. Okay. He's like, but I want you to sell my course. And I was like, huh, what do you mean? He's like, well, you can get, you can sell a training course and add your bit on top. And I was like, hold on mate, I don't want to do that. I've never taken money off people before. It's just businesses. Yeah. He's like, well, think, think about it. So I went back thought about it. I made a website called it TEFL Heaven, which is teach English as a foreign language, Heaven. The Heaven yeah. part was because it was on an island. And mm. uh, I recruited my mate and he did some interviews for me and we made a funnel. So here's the funnel. This is where the funnels come in. Mm-hmm. So I made, a funnel, I made a funnel without knowing about funnels. <clears throat> oh. All, every, everybody who was selling um, uh, a Teach English Abroad program at that point, you could just buy on their website. So if you wanted to go and train and teach English in Thailand, you literally could just click on a website and buy it. Mm-hmm. And I thought, ain't no way that people are going to trust you 
to just pay on the internet as like, that's stupid. How are these websites making money? So I made an application process. So I made an application funnel, basically. Mm-hmm. And so they read the sales page, uh, or program page, I called it. Um, yeah. And then if they liked it, they would click apply. Then they would send in their application. Then we would email the ones that we believed were ready for interview. And, and then we'd schedule an interview. We'd have an interview with them. And then after that, the ones that we would accept, we'd send um, the next step of the funnel to them, which was the booking page. Yeah. And then they would, they would um, send that in. We'd ask for payment. And then we would progress them like that. So we would step them through the sale. But each time, like we, like, so, so first of all, they had to be convinced by the sales page. Then they had to be convinced at the interview. But, but the way that we did it was like, it wasn't a sales, salesy call. It was like, you have to convince me that I'm going to choose you no. to teach abroad. And if you convince me, I'll let you pay. But <laughs> if not, you're not coming on my nice. program. So yeah. there's a lot of psychology in there. Mm-hmm. And you would not believe Meg's how they felt when you said to them, congratulations, you've passed the interview with me. Wow. <laughs> the joy, the joy on their face, the joy on their face. They're like, oh, I've passed. And it's like, yeah, yeah, you've passed. Um, and, and we tell people, we still have the interview funnel. We still have the application funnel, interview funnel, whatever you call it. And we do tell people, we try and pass, as, this is a business, we try and pass people. But we will reject some people that aren't, we don't just don't think are ready mm-hmm. to be a teacher. A reputation mm-hmm. is is dependent on that we send good people. Exactly. So it's none of it. None of it's fake, mm-hmm. but it is a process. It is a process. And what people are missing these days is that they don't think through the sales process. Mm-hmm. They think that I'll chuck up a web page and people will trust me and they will buy. No, 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 no. We won in the very beginning because we had the sales process. And our salespeople, our interviewers, were very um, good at charming people and mm-hmm. building the trust. So mm-hmm. we had a, a, a sales process that built a lot of trust. Then mm-hmm. as we got older, we got month, tons and tons of reviews online. And then our track record spoke for itself. Mm-hmm. And so the trust came in a different way. It was easier to get sales and our sales shot up. But let me get back to my story, and then I'll get to your next question. So, no, awesome. um, so this guy, I invited my uh, my mate to interview people. Mm-hmm. We got fourteen people on the course, and um, we paid him. I paid him for two months, mm-hmm. and I didn't take any money. Um, and then I was like, "Oh, mate, we ran out of money." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've only got we've only got a thousand pounds left. So, like, I'm not going to give it to you. Let, why don't you get another job and we'll both go on a trip to Thailand and we'll get some videos and some pictures. Mm-hmm. So he, so we did that and we got some videos and some market material. Then I started to um, sell it um, and prepare um, people and do interviews while he was away working somewhere else. We mm-hmm. came back to the business later. Um, but then I figured out because I was in the market, I was spending time in the market, talking to customers, trying out offers, I changed the offer, tweaked it a little bit, Mm-hmm. And, um, and I started getting a lot more people on and it sort of skyrocketed from there because our customer service levels were amazing and um, they referred their friends and yeah. So, so how, how can I make this a bit shorter? So in the past three years, we have generated over 4 million um, 
dollars for ourselves and our partners. Only one million went through the bank, though, and that's how we have achieved the Two Comma Club Award in a wow. niche that is not digital courses, mm-hmm. it's not e-commerce, um, and it's not a brick-and-mortar business anyway. I don't even know what category it is. And, um, but it's not one of these Two Comma Club Awards that have just sold a digital course. Exactly. That's brilliant. That's such an, such an awesome story, and it's um, amazing how you, how you really focus on the – it's not about the funnel, it's about what you put in there and who you are and how you conduct yourself um, just in the end. So that's beautiful. It's an awesome story. Thank you. Um, your first big goal that you had when you started off in business? What was the first big goal? Yeah. So, yeah, I'm going to be a little bit different than probably many people on this podcast, by the way, because my goal was not to make money. Mm-hmm. Uh, my first big goal was to practice business skills. Nice. And that was my only goal, actually. Mm-hmm. The only goal because I knew that I didn't have business skills. I was yeah. like, I want to have my own business, but I don't know how to do it. So I chose a university degree in business, mm-hmm. thinking, hmm, that'll teach me how to own my own business. And uh, after that degree, I thought, crap, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know. <laughs> um, but mid-degree, I was started doing this website and started recruiting people. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I was developing my skills a little bit there. Um, but I never chose to go into this niche. That's why I said earlier, you yeah. don't choose your niche. Like, I just chose to practice business. And then the opportunity sort of grew. And then mm-hmm. I took that opportunity. And too many people, they try... They, they dabble so much because their their goal. If I could teach anything on this on this podcast, I'm telling you, the biggest thing that someone needs to learn um, is that the reason you're doing it matters. And you would have heard this before. It's like, yeah, well, of course, I want to do it to serve the world, but I hope I make money at the same time. Well, actually, when the going gets tough and you're not making any money, you'll give up if your goal is money. Because you'll look at it and you're like, oh, I'm failing. I've not made any money. But my goal was to get good at business, right? And how many times would I have failed at that goal? Well, tons of times. But how much would I have progressed in that goal? Mm. Well, tons of times. Like, even when I'm failing, I'm I'm progressing. Yeah. And that goal, right? So I'm like, oh, like I spent, uh, I wasted $7,000. We made a bad uh, decision and... It meant we had to move an entire course and we didn't get refunded on the accommodation, which is like $7,000, and I lost it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I learned that we should have checked out the accommodation first. It was like a swamp. It was like, uh, yeah, that's horrible. Um, that was a very bad day for me. But um, And at that point, I wanted to quit. But then I thought, no, like, what, what went wrong? What went wrong? Mm-hmm. Reflect on it. Okay, so I was achieving my business goals all the time, which was to get Amazing. good at business. Yeah, and the the what's it called the the by the the byproduct that's it. Yeah. The byproduct of that was that the better I got, the more money I made. The more money, nice. Right, because because yeah. you need skills. Like the reason you you have the business that you deserve. Yeah, you have the business that you deserve because mm-hmm. if you haven't learned the lessons that you need to learn to make more money and to serve more people, mm-hmm. then you won't make more money and serve more people. And there are certain lumpy skills, like growth is lumpy. There's certain parts to growth 
that when you get that skill and you, you actually get it, you shoot up in growth. Mm. Personally, you, you grow and, and your business grows as well. Let me just give you one example so it's not just a vague concept. Mm. Uh, how, to, how to hire people and how to train people. If you as an entrepreneur, as all entrepreneurs are, um, are very, very good at lots and lots of different tasks, mm-hmm. um, you can only do so much. You cannot grow past a certain point because if mm-hmm. you're doing the finance, you're doing the marketing, you're doing the sales, um, you can only move one notch on each point because mm-hmm. you've got limited time, right? As soon as you bring someone else in, you leverage them and then they can, then it's almost automated, right? But mm-hmm. if you don't know how to bring the right people in, what happens is instead of going up one notch, it goes back one notch. Yeah. And so you bring in the wrong person, you give them the task and then it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. You're like, I'm the best at this task. You look at them and they're like, oh, they're not very good. You haven't trained them right, you haven't got the right person, and then you take the task away because you're like, no, it's not going to get done correctly. And, and I went through that a ton, mm. and, and I still have problems letting go of certain activities because mm. like, I know the vision for that activity, I know how to do that activity, I can do it faster, quicker, better than anyone else. But if I do it faster, quicker, quicker better, I won't do this activity over there that might be more high value because I'm too busy mm. doing this low value task. Yeah. And the more you recognize that and the more you get the right people in to train them, the more leverage you have and automatically your business is going to grow because you're, you fixed that problem there and mm-hmm. then you can start automating this problem that you're going to fix and then you put someone in place and then that is how you grow it internally. So like to grow a business externally, you need to grow internally. That means you and you, the concepts mm-hmm. that you know work and also how you can leverage each element of your of your business so yeah went on a bit of a tangent there but um, it's very 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 true um so true right there um yeah wow so what made you start using you you kind of told us why what made you start um, using funnels in digital marketing well you told us why you why you went on your well started on your journey um you wanted to learn business skills but what made you choose um, to go the, the online route specifically um, when you started using online tactics? Well, uh, I mean, from the very get-go, like you have to be online, right? Like everybody, everybody is online. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's easy to make a website. It's easy to make a funnel. Um, and so, like, it almost seems like a non-decision to, to put it online. Yeah. Um, but I would say that one of the key parts to my growth mm-hmm. is offline. <laughs> yeah. So, like, if you... So let me give you an example. Um, so all our business is, on, is online now. Mm-hmm. Um, but we do video calls, and we've always done video calls. Mm-hmm. All our interviews have always been video calls. Okay, mm-hmm. so that's always digital. Our our interviews, um, but I went and asked. I I visited people. I did presentations. I tried to get interest. I know that if you're starting off, because if if someone's listening and they're starting off, um, I would say don't start online. Like mm-hmm. I would I would literally say start start. I would say start offline because mm-hmm. people can feel your emotion. They can feel uh, your care for them. And there's, um, there's just something different about being there in person. Mm-hmm. Um, 
that shows an extra care, get a little bit of traction offline, and then you can use those testimonials online. Like if you get to know someone and build a really good relationship with your customer offline, how much more willing are they going to be to give you a testimonial for your online stuff? Well, tons. But like a lot of people think, okay, I've got to sell online. Like you shouldn't really think online, offline. Like Mm. you should think, how can I showcase results? How can I get results? Mm -hmm. How can I showcase those results? Getting the results Mm -hmm. part doesn't need to be online. It can be. You could be offline or online. It doesn't really Mm -hmm. matter. But whatever you have, the biggest goal that you have right now is to get someone else results. Whether it costs you money or whether it's free or whether like someone pays for it, that's the biggest thing you need to do. You need to get proof of concept, right? Yeah. Proof that what you've got works. And once you've got someone in the results, they'll love you for it because they've got results. Um, and then you use those testimonials and you show people, you're like, well, look at all these people's lives have changed or look at like the, the transformation or, or look at like how this, these lives are better and hey, don't take it from me because they're about to speak to you. And then like they, they give their stuff. So you lead by results, you lead by emotion. Mm. Okay, um, so that's number one. Uh, number two, once you've got those results, then you go online. <laughs> All right, yeah. go online that for sure. Yeah. yeah, go online and you showcase it and you're like, hey, my product is so good because mm. look at this and look at that. Um, there's four levels of selling, right? Mm. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just like going off on a tangent here, but no, four, levels of four levels of selling. Uh, and most businesses sell on levels one and two. And higher level businesses sell on levels three and four. And if you get to level three, you're doing great. If you get to level four, you should be like shooting to the stars. And um, the first level is that they the first level of selling is selling on features. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's just take something as an example. Um, have you ever done a beach body beach body insanity workout? Mm-hmm. Have no. you heard of it? Uh, no, actually not. Sean T. Sean T. I'm sure you'll be going to YouTube after this, but um, yeah. basically Sean, Sean T does the 60 day insanity program. And um, I'll tell you the features of it. The features mm-hmm. are it's high intensity interval training, which is, is long bursts of um, exercise and short rests. So you mm-hmm. might do like um, two minutes of really invigorous exercise and then 10 seconds of rest. Mm-hmm. or five minutes of really invigorous exercise and like one minute of rest, mm-hmm. okay? Rather than like um, short exercise and long rest, okay? So it turns mm-hmm. on its head. Um, that's the features. That's selling on features. I just mm-hmm. told you the features. Yeah. If, you sell, if you sell on benefits, you then say, so what it means is you burn more calories in a shorter period of time. Yeah. It means that you lose weight in a shorter period of time. Mm-hmm. That's the benefit. So mm-hmm. now I'm selling on benefits, right? Yeah. Most businesses say this. Most businesses say, hey, mm-hmm. I have this product and this is what it does and this is how it will benefit you. Yeah. Now, that's yeah. fine and that's good, um, but it doesn't, it doesn't actually um, deal with the one thing that you need to deal with as a marketer. Does it freaking work? Does it work? Yeah. Like, does it, does it work? Yeah, that's what it does. Mm-hmm. But does it work? Mm-hmm. And so the third level of selling is to sell on results, mm-hmm. it's to sell on results. Mm-hmm. So you're like, yeah, this is what it does. This is what it is, this is what it does. And this 
is what it's done. Mm. Okay, so, so that means that um, we've got a before and after picture. This mm. is uh, this is uh, Henry before the insanity workout, and this is Henry afterwards. Look how much he's lost. He's lost sixty pounds. Sixty mm. pounds. All right. So that is high level selling. That is like, whoa, that's amazing. Like, I want that. You get your customer to become um, the person that has received those results. All right. Mm. So that's mm -hmm. level three. And mm -hmm. Businesses that do level three, and especially in the fitness businesses, like fitness businesses know how to sell and results, right? Yeah. Um, they do really well. But level four is where the money is at. And level four is selling on emotion. Selling on emotion. And what that basically is, is that Henry shows his before and after picture, and then he's saying, and my life has changed so dramatically. I used to not be able to tie my shoelaces. And not, I used to be able to run for only five minutes before not being able to catch my breath. Now I can run five miles. Now I, I can see every part of my body. <laughs> like everything has changed for me and I can't thank Sean T and Beachbody enough. If you feel like you, this is something for you, I promise you this will work. You just need to do the work. It works, man. I'm ready to go for it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So yeah. you're selling an emotion. You're selling an emotion. And if you get someone that actually does can change their state mm -hmm. uh, and be excited about whatever it is you're selling, mm -hmm. then you're selling an emotion. And um, and so let me let me sell an emotion for what I do. So I told you already, right? I only sold you on the features and the benefits, yeah. which was that we do English abroad programs. It's a four-week TEFL course with a guaranteed job afterwards in 12 different countries. Mm -hmm. But that's boring. That's not what you really get. Mm -hmm. um, you get... Um, a period of time before you start teaching and getting paid for it in a brand new country where you're around 23 other like-minded people of the same age. You're mm -hmm. spending seven hours a day studying with them, at least seven hours a day relaxing. You're in a paradise island, so your downtime is very relaxed, very chill. And friendships are fast-tracked. You rely on each other. You're sharing brand new cultural experiences. There's always something to talk about. It's so interesting. And so what you really get and what I really sell is friendships that last a lifetime and memories that were unforgettable. Memories mm. that you make and the friends that you make are the things that are the reason why people do this program. And this is not even a lie. This is not a lie. This is the truth. The truth. You ask someone on my program and they'll say, and I'll say to them, what, what was the best thing? They'll say, it's the friends that made and the memories that I made. Yeah. But we sell. That's, wow. then that's how you sell on, that's how you sell on, on that's, that's how you sell, that's how you do marketing. That is how you funnel wow. them through. You funnel them through because you take them through a psychological process. Mm -hmm. the, the actual step-by-step -step web pages, uh, what, put, what you put on the page does not matter as much as the sales process of Bingo. the page, the convincing them, the persuasion. Mm. That's, so that's, that's funnel. That's funnel that's for you. That's proper, proper funnel. That's one of the best ways I've heard it explained. Very, very cool. Um, wow. Um, this is just so amazing. So thank you again for hopping on. Um, I really appreciate it. Um, what, um, can this work for any industry? Now, this is a good question for you. Cause I mean, you've got one of the weirdest niches, but can this work for anything from network marketing to brick and mortar businesses? Um, do you believe that this can work for anything? Marketing? Yeah. So, so marketing, works like this is marketing this is true marketing isn't it like this is 
so, so yes, this does work for every industry. Um, give me an example, and I'll I'll tell you what I, I'll tell you what I think. <laughs> yeah. Give me give me so, an industry. Cool. So uh, let's take book marketing um, as as one example. Book. Book marketing. Network marketing. Oh, network marketing. Oh, yeah. well, network marketing uses this all the time. Yeah. This is this is this is basically what network marketing literally is. Like people sharing mm -hmm. their experience how the product has changed them. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I mean, like, the, the problem with network marketing is that, so every industry, every industry, right, has mm -hmm. a culture. Um, every industry has a persona, basically. Yeah. And so you cannot, you can't treat every industry the same Mm -hmm. um, and every market, I'll, I'll call it a market, right? Mm -hmm. Can't treat every market the same because markets evolve. Like mm -hmm. markets have their own culture, right? So if I was going to be selling network marketing, for sure I'd be selling on results. Like selling on results, selling on emotion, it works for any, any industry, right? Any market. Mm -hmm. But exactly what you see has to change because there's going to be objections right up for network network marketing the network marketing has such a bad name mm -hmm. that like you don't even want to use the word network marketing in fact mm -hmm. i think they changed the name from mlm to network marketing to try and get away from the mlm persona um, um because mlm relates to pyramid schemes pyramid schemes mm -hmm. are bad because that's what the news say um, and so they're like, okay, we need to change the name <laughs> because yeah. we don't want to be associated with this persona. So like, yes, it all works, but you'll get barriers put up. So if, if you try and sell results in the network marketing, you have to overcome the objections first before anyone's going to listen to you mm. at all. So if you yeah. say, yeah, I've got a network, if I've got a network marketing product, immediately people's barriers go up and you need to know what those objections are before you can even talk about results because they just won't believe you no matter what you say. Because mm. they think, no, I know, I have a story in my mind that this is bad. So no matter what you say, unless you deal with this story in my head yeah. first, this objection in my head first, you're not going to get past my wall. Mm. So I'll give you an example of one of these objections. Um, the person uh, who loses the most is the, the last guy in. Like, I don't want to be the last guy in. I don't want to have to talk to my friends or family about this. So... I don't want to, I don't, I don't, that's two objections actually. Let's just deal with one single much time. So I don't want to talk to my friends and family about this. How would you overcome that objection? Well, you have to, you're not able to, if, if part of it is talking to your friends and family, you wouldn't yeah. be able to, yeah, yeah, you do have to. Or, but actually like it really benefits them because it does this and it does that. Like that's a really hard one to overcome. But mm -hmm. if you find a way to, to do it without talking to your friends and family, then you can say, yeah, I didn't even have to, talk to my friends and family and I'm already selling like 200 units a month. Yeah. They'll be like, what? How? And then you share the results and that's not an objection anymore. Now they're ready to listen to you. Mm. Okay. But, but if you don't know what their objections are and part of being a marketer is knowing what objections come up in the mind of your customer, telling mm -hmm. stories to overcome those objections. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. That's very true. Very true. And you need to do your research. Eh? You got to put in the work. Um, tell me what's the one thing that made you the most got uh, most money or got you the biggest success? The one thing that got you that made you the most money or got you the biggest success? I don't think there is one thing really. Uh -huh. uh, 
I guess the, the real question from what I'm hearing from what you're saying is what's the most important, like yep. what's the magic bullet? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, 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 and there, it's, a, it's, a, it's an amalgamation of things, but I would say one of the, one of the biggest things, yeah, actually, yeah, one of the biggest things is, is, is sales skills and real sales skills, like really understanding what sales is. What, I've literally just told you yeah. how to sell. <laughs> yeah. I've literally taught, I've taught all your listeners how to sell. So if they follow what I've just said, that'll make them a lot of money. Um, so sales skills, basically, mm-hmm. uh, if you get better at sales, um, if you understand how to sell, like that, that is literally how you overcome the barriers to get your customer to buy. Yeah. Brilliant. That's so cool. What was the hardest challenge up until now and how did you get through it? The hardest challenge up till now. Um, okay. <laughs> so the hardest challenge up till now, every day and previous to this, um, on a regular basis is overwhelm. And as an entrepreneur, you have a lot of things to deal with. As well as managing a team, you have to deal with the strategy, you have to learn how to budget, and you have to manage a family. I've got five kids um, and, uh, and a beautiful wife and dealing with that relationship and helping my kids grow up and uh, become good people. And like what, what, what you're doing right now as an entrepreneur and, and, and the money doesn't come in for a long time either. So there's that stress on top of you and it's just constant overwhelm, constant overwhelm. And any entrepreneur that has figured out how to overcome that, even if they're making a lot of money, tell me how you did it because mm-hmm. You just have to get used to the constant overwhelm. You just have to get used to having constant overwhelm. Um, and that's because you've got a lot to do. Now, there's ways to overcome it. You leverage people, like I said earlier, and you make sure you train other people and you cut out tasks, eliminate tasks. But you're always going to have that because you're the entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. You're the responsible person that is leading this business. You're the visionary. You're mm-hmm. always going to have new ideas. Um, okay, so, um, yeah, dealing with overwhelm is one of the hardest things to deal with um, but if you get used to it um, and have little strategies in place then then you can manage it but yeah even now uh, even now and even today that's a very good point and it's a, a very nice way of explaining how to how to help other entrepreneurs um, because it is it's, it can be very debilitating um, be that overwhelmed and then you get nothing done so that was very good my last question for you, um, what achievement um, or transformation are you most proud of? Am I most proud of? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. Like, I don't really look at it too often. I mean, I like getting the Two Comic Club Award. That was nice. Um, but it wasn't, it wasn't like winning the lottery or anything. It wasn't like a surprise because it was a progression, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I would say meeting my wife and convincing her to marry me was probably my biggest uh, achievement mm-hmm. but in all honesty because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm punching above my weight uh, so my sister keeps telling me I've been punching above my weight for like 13 years now because um, she is just an amazing person she's so patient as well one of the most patient people I've ever met from, from all walks of life yeah um, and just a really loving person and can't believe that I have her. So I have a beautiful family as well. Um, so 
I'd say like that's probably my biggest uh, biggest achievement. That's uh, that's beautiful. That's so cool. Um, Michael, thank you so much for hopping on with us and and having this call with me. Um, I really appreciate your time, and uh, um, it's really amazing what you do over there. Um, so uh, thank you again for for, <laughs> for joining us. Um, and, uh, would love to to speak with you again sometime. And thank you. Uh, just thanks for your time. Congrats again on the Two Comma Club. Thanks, thanks, Meg. Thank you very much. Awesome. And uh, also, just one last thing: if you want to learn from me, um, you can get some free training in my Facebook group, which is uh, bit.ly/dmtactics, mm -hmm. which is uh, bit.ly/dmtactics, and that's where you can get my free mini course called Seven Figure Marketer. Uh, the principles I use to get to the Two Comma Club. So. Go in there and get so that free, free course. We'll definitely do that. Thank you so much, Michael. All right. Thanks, Megs. You have a lovely day now. Okay.